0: If you are worrying about how the election will impact stocks, we have good news. It probably won't matter. We'll tell you why. It is Tuesday, September 22nd. Let's talk money with our friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown Up podcast coming to you from my very grown up kitchen in
1: New York City. And I'm Smart Money Mama's Chelsea Brennan coming to you from my balloon filled office in Connecticut.
0: One of our favorite Money with Friends alumni, because it is alumni week here on the Money with Friends podcast, where we always talk about the latest personal finance headlines and we add in the insights and wisdom of our fantastic cast of thought leaders, including, of course, Chelsea Brennan from Smart Money Mamas. We mix in some questions and comments from our money friends and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. Also, something you should make your own, protecting your information, protecting your passwords. So we want to thank our sponsor, NordPass. Let the NordPass Password Manager remember all of your complex logins, autofill online forms, and of course, generate strong passwords, something I've always needed help with. It makes it stress-free. You'll get 50% off NordPass at nordpass.com forward slash MWF. Use that code MWF, only $2.49 a month, plus you get an additional month for free, 50% off. Again, it's NordPass.com forward slash MWF or use the code MWF. Chelsea Brennan, welcome back. You are the first alum of our alumni week between seasons. We're so
1: happy happy to have you. Thanks for having me back. When you told me it was alumni week, I was excited. It's been a while since I've gotten to come on the show.
0: I know, I know. What wisdom can you impart on, on our uh, future cast that we're going to be revealing in just a few days?
1: Ooh, good, good question. Uh, <laughs> I would so something that I need to bring up is I read the don't read the financial news as much as I should. I think I as an ex investor, I've kind of pulled myself away, and I'm a consistent investor too, so I'm not always keeping up on the headlines. And so as a as a guest host, I tried to make sure I was still doing that every day, even when it wasn't my turn. So that when it was my turn to pick an article, I could find a really good one.
0: That is excellent advice because it's true. You can bring in different. Uh, pearls of wisdom from other articles and put things in context better if you know sort of what's going in what's going on in the larger picture and that's actually going to be relevant to the story that we're talking about today which is about mm-hmm. how much or how much they don't elections do or do not affect the stock market and I actually have some interesting personal anecdotes that I'm going to be sharing but first let's see which one of our money friends is going to lead us into the headline this is Julian from Rich and Regular. Headlines ripped from the financial press
1: only at Money with Friends.
0: And this headline, by the way, comes to us by from Mike Santoli at CNBC. The headline is investors could be overplaying the election as a lasting driver of the stock market history shows. Chelsea, start us off.
1: Elections rarely prove to be instrumental inflection points for economic or market cycles. Energy and financial stocks were viewed as the best bets under a deregulatory Trump administration, yet they've been the worst sector since 2016. With all the other factors at work now, a resolutely supportive Federal Reserve, fitful economic recovery, strong housing demand, corporate profits rising from depressed levels, investors' willingness to pay up for secular growth stocks, it's unlikely the election will be the thing to make or break this cycle. The presidential election is the next known major event ahead of Wall Street. Investment strategists are busy pushing out political playbooks, most of them starting with something like, clients continue to ask us about the implications of the election. It's the top of mind risk factor cited, a universal excuse for predicting autumnal volatility. In other words, everyone is likely overplaying the election as a crucial or lasting driver of the market.
0: But isn't this election a closely contested binary choice between two starkly different worldviews and economic philosophies complicated by fears about election integrity and a delayed outcome? Sure. But one reason to believe the election is overplayed as a decisive and exploitable market swing factor is that investors always overplay elections and they rarely prove to be the instrumental inflection points for economic or market cycles in order to treat an election as a specific catalyst for investment moves one would have to handicap the result anticipate the makeup of congress into it the key policy priorities evaluate the likelihood of them becoming law estimate their economic impact and then determine how much of this decision tree has already been priced into the financial markets. Sound doable? All right, we're going to pause there, take a breath and digest this. And Chelsea, I'm going to throw it to you. What are you thinking? What does this mean to you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So investors, it's true, always overplay election cycles. So my history for those of you who don't remember from when I was a guest on the show is that I was a hedge fund manager and investor. And so the last time we went through this cycle in 2016, it was amazing. We do get questions from our investors all the time of what what are you doing for the uh, election? How are you preparing? How are you hedging? What do you think's going to happen? And really, like that last paragraph Bobby just read, It's guesswork. There is so much stuff you would have to be able to forecast to know how to make any call. But when, especially institutional investors, when your clients are asking, you have to do something about it. So it kind of feeds itself and becomes this cycle of they ask, so we answer, so they ask more questions. And then the news cycle, the media side, they need something to talk about with the markets. And this is such an easy one. I could
0: not agree more. So let me add that from the news cycle. I was at the last election at Reuters where I was for over a decade, um, wonderful news organization, global news organization, um, somewhat neutral, at least at the time. I, I don't really, you know, I I don't want to comment on whether they're neutral now. And there's so much, the news is so different, but at the time, a fairly neutral, um, neutral place in terms of, um, You know, their political view. I didn't, I felt the news was very solid there. And I really think the reporters are doing an amazing job. And I will tell you that I, there was, the data showed there was a lot of people expecting factually based on polls. A lot of people did not expect Donald Trump to win. And I went home with a day. I, I did not cover politics. I covered the stock market and I went home and I had a lineup. I was in charge of us business news for television and for video. And so I went home. I had a full slate of people that were booked for the next day. I went home, let's say six thirty PM. I told everyone have a nice early night. Cause we all thought it was going to be a very straightforward election. And of course, I start getting these calls late into the night. People canceled on me because these money managers were so worried about the market and what would happen if, in fact, as the early actual results were coming in, Donald Trump won. And they felt, one, they had to, quote, do something. And two, because the markets initially, literally for not even during the trading session before, were tanking globally. And then they came back that first day even, they were starting to come back, but they felt they had to answer their clients. So to Chelsea's point, I couldn't agree more. This is really about business and feeling like you have to be answering it and comforting people and giving people information. But history shows, the data shows, that they really don't have much impact on the election. So it's it's an interesting conundrum. I don't know if that's the right thing, that we feel compelled to talk about the impact that it could have. And as Mike Santoli really points out, there are so many factors. So many different factors in the in the mix here, right?
1: Absolutely. And to to echo your point about people canceling on you. So we I went home that night as well, like okay, this is going to be straightforward election, no big deal. And we had all kinds of plans in place, hedges, and a lot of the institutional side of the market thought that if by some half it stands Donald Trump won, that the market was going to crash. That was like everybody on our side was talking about it. And so we had some hedges in place for something like that. And I woke up at like four and saw the notification that he had won and rushed to the office. So all of my colleagues were at the office waiting to see what unraveled. And in pre-market, the stock market did crash and for like the first hour of the day. And then it recovered and it was nothing. But we were all there, all anxious, all like answering the phone calls. And I think part of this too, Bobby, is that for fund managers and for funds – they're trying to figure out what their year end looks like, right? Because they have to report earnings to their investors on an annual basis. And it's so late in the year that they are worried about what the short-term impact is, even if history shows the long-term impact is negligible, um, that there's so many broader factors at play.
0: Yes. Good. That's something very interesting to think about. I love hearing the insight of what it was actually like Um at work, we did ask our Instagram audience. By the way, please be following us at Money Friends Pod. We did ask them: uh, Do elections drive the stock market? What do you think? Um, what do you think they said? Percentage: Yes or no? Did do elections drive the stock market according to our money friends on Instagram?
1: I would think they say it does. You know, it's
0: interesting. Forty-one percent said yes, but fifty-nine percent said no. So or relatively what? close, but you know. They kind of were not so sure about that. Um, We do also uh, do this. We record this in front of a live audience and we have some comments. We have Ernesto here. Do you want to read that, Chelsea?
1: It's like someone pampering even when the worst case scenario.
0: Yeah. So people are kind of bracing for what if. But Mm. the question is, everyone has different views of what the worst case scenario might be. I mean, we're so divided as a country right now.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: We also have a comment from Lori in our Facebook audience. Do you want to grab that
1: one? I think most people look at the tax policies of the two candidates and make a prediction about the market based solely on that. Absolutely. That is what we hear all the time. (laughs) What are they going to do about corporate and individual tax rates? And then that's the whole stock market to many people.
0: Yeah. We also have a couple comments on our Instagram. Let me just get those in. Um, One of our followers says politics makes people panic in all aspects of life. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I think that there's so much moving at play that I think that we don't all understand necessarily the whole political system or we haven't gotten into it. And then we're so divided that we're afraid, we're constantly afraid of the other side. And so I think that, yeah, it creates a lot of fear.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And we have one more comment I want to share before we get to our takeaways um, from Instagram. Um, Elections equal short-term volatility and speculation. Actual results or companies... um, equal stock market fuel. So it's actually right now, it's a lot of speculation being priced into the market. And that's something that Mike Santoli in the CNBC piece is pointing out. Absolutely. All right. I'm going to give you a moment to think about your big takeaway while I give our friends some advice because as our regular listeners know, my email was hacked because my password was really easy to figure out. And that was before I got a password manager. Password managers are really important and we love NordPass here at Money with Friends. Um, I can never remember my password. So what happened, Chelsea, was I made them all the same idea and I also made them something really obvious. So they got into my they got into my email. I still to this day am battling getting off of these email lists that they put me on, and then of course they charged a two thousand dollar handbag, um, which I fortunately was able to. Fix that, but it was ugly. So, you guys, you got to get better passwords. Get NordPass. The NordPass password manager helps you remember all of your complex logins, autofill online forms, it generates strong passwords. For you, because some people, yes, I'm looking in the mirror, cannot seem to figure out how to generate a complicated password that other people can't remember, but then I can get to. So guys, you can get 50% off NordPass, go to nordpass.com forward slash MWF, or just when you go to NordPass, use the code MWF and you're going to get 50% off. You sign up for a couple of years. Um... It only works out to $249 a month. So, you know, if you are now saving money because you're home on quarantine and you're not buying coffee, there you go. There's a way to allocate your resources that may be better. Um, All right. Go to NordPass, everyone. And also, you'll be supporting the show, which is really, really important. So we do appreciate that. Let's talk about our takeaways. Chelsea,
1: you're up. So my big takeaway from this piece is to stick to a consistent long-term investing strategy. So often trying to pay, play short-term dynamics and volatility, you're not going to win. You can't predict the future. And I think just for your state of mind, think about what your long-term goals are, stick to that, and try to let the the near-term volatility just pass by.
0: That is so smart because also we have so much else to think about. So don't drive yourself crazy about this. <laughs> My takeaway is that, you know, look, the piece, we didn't read the entire piece. And by the way, I should say the links to these pieces, we put them in our YouTube notes right below the stream there. So that is the easiest place to go. So just go to Money With Friends um, on YouTube. And when you find the show that you want the link to the articles we talk about, Just look in the notes below and you will get it. You can also always go to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. Okay, so the piece ends with Mike Santoli pointing out that there's a lot of things driving stocks right now, like the Federal Reserve, Um, whether or not we're going to have an economic recovery sooner rather than later. We will have a recovery though, guys. So believe in the US economy, I do. Um, Strong housing demand, corporate profits rising because they're so low, the only way up. The only way is up for so many of them. Of course, some of them are doing great anyway. Um, Investors' willingness to pay up for these growth stocks. Of course, a lot of the technology stocks that have been doing really well. So these are things that might have more impact on the market than the election. And I think that Mike Santilli makes a lot of really great points in this piece. So I do encourage everyone to read it. You could also just Google Mike Santilli CNBC and election impact on stock market to make it easier. But also please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Which is just look for Money with Friends on YouTube. I'm so bad at remembering our URLs. The other big URL we have to remember is go to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com forward slash Mama's Talk Money. Did I get that mm-hmm. right? You yes. Did. Okay. Moneywithfriends.com mamas talk money because that is how you find out more information about the conference that's going on October 12th, but you can sign up now and there's all kinds of goodies if you sign up earlier rather than later. Um but I'm going to be speaking there me and Glennon Doyle and a few other people. <laughs> Chelsea, tell us a little bit about that.
1: Absolutely. So, Mama's Talk Money is a five-day virtual conference. It starts October twelfth. You can actually get your free ticket at the link Bobby mentioned. Um, we'll have Glenn in there. Bobby. will also have Tiffany Aliche from the Budget Nista and Patrice Washington from Redefining Wealth. Um, uh, Jamila Souffrant from Journey Launch. It's going to be a ton of fun, and we're going to talk about all aspects of personal finance, specifically for moms and parents. And so, if you want to come join us, we're going to have like over ten thousand dollars in giveaways. We're doing a lot of cool, cool stuff. So make sure you're you're there for October twelfth.
0: Wonderful. And Chelsea, you're going to be back with us on Wednesday's show where we're going to talk about Rent the Runway. I am a former customer of Rent the Runway. I'm evaluating. Is, is that something you've ever done? Once or twice
1: for like weddings.
0: Okay. Yeah. Which generally, I mean, weddings are happening, but not the same way. So we're going to talk about how they are trying to pivot and we're going to kind of handicap what we think the results will be kind of like handicapping the election. I don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen there, but anyway. Okay. Chelsea, where can people follow you beyond, um, your beyond mama's talk money? Tell us more about where people can find you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So You can follow me on Smart Money Mamas at all social platforms and smartmoneymamas.com. We have our own podcast called The Smart Money Mamas Show where we're there Monday and Thursday. And so just come search Smart Money Mamas wherever you are and we'll pop right up.
0: And of course, you can find out more about Chelsea and all of our thought leader cast members, including alumni like Chelsea on our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. Please follow us on you. Well, you can follow us on Instagram at moneyfriendspod. That's also our handle on Twitter. And of course, please join our emerging YouTube channel so you can watch, subscribe, I should say, so you can watch live recordings and be part of the show. Just search for money with friends on YouTube. We'll be back. We'll be back. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at Money Friends Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show
1: well worth following we promise as with anything remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor these people on this episode they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only i'm bobby i'm joe
0: we'll see you here back next time with another episode of money with friends Bam, nailed it.